This party infighting has taken a dramatic and ugly turn. Several of those lawmaker, lawmakers who opposed Jim Jordan's bid for speaker are now receiving credible and terrifying death threats. Over the weekend, it was made clear that supporters of Jordan's were going to launch a pressure campaign that apparently had Jordan's blessing until last night. Well, it got pretty ugly, and we have some exclusive audio right now of a threatening message that was left as a voicemail for the wife of one of the Republican lawmakers who opposes Jordan. This has only been edited to take out identifying information of the wife and the lawmaker. We've bleeped out some of the language, but not all of it. And I want to warn you, this is pretty ugly stuff. Take a listen. Why is your husband such a pig? Why would he get on TV and make an asshole of himself? Because he's a deep state prick? Because he doesn't represent the people? Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to come follow you all over the place. We're going to be up your ass nonstop. We are now Antifa. We're going to do what the left does because your of a husband gets on TV. Oh, the bad guys. They did so. I'm going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, a piece of shit who everybody knows. And for his piece of shit ass, talk about Americans who are actually fighting for Americans as the bad people. There's everything about him. So f- you, f- your husband, and we are going to, we, we're not like the left. We aren't violent, but we're going to follow your ass. Every appointment you have, everything you can do. Your, your husband's an asshole. You should talk to this stupid ass. We're at war. Israelis being killed. And your dumb husband is acting like a two-year-old. No wonder. He's a warmongering piece of shit. So listen, you're going to keep getting calls and emails. I'm putting all your information over the Internet now. Everybody else is. And you will not be left alone because your husband, Jim Jordan, or more conservative, or you're going to be molested like you can't ever imagine. And again, nonviolently, you won't go to the beauty parlor. You must be a bitch to marry a ugly mother like that. Attention, South Dakota residents. Everything is fine. Everything is beautiful. Go back to your homes. Go back to your jobs. Trust in the authority. Work. Stay asleep. Work. Stay asleep. Work. Stay asleep. Work. Stay asleep. Keeping you docile and distracted during times of uncertainty. This is the South Dakota Department of Propaganda Podcast. Here are your authority figures, Steve and Corny. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the South Dakota Department of Propaganda podcast, a cynical attempt to distract you from the systematic dismantling of everything you hold dear. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, as always, is my good pal and show mascot, Corny. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Here are this week's topics. The search for a sane speaker of the House candidate among Republicans, South Dakota CRP participation, the pheasant hunting opener, and more. The latest episode of The Real Housewives of Capitol Hill 
kicked off with the ultimate cliffhanger. Hang on to your Make America Great Again caps, because Republican Speaker nominee Jim Jordan decided to put his bid on pause only after being met with rejection not once, but twice. It's like watching a guy get swiped left on Tinder in real time. But in a plot twist that even M. Night Shyamalan couldn't predict, the White House actually extended an olive branch to House Republicans. Or maybe it was more of a celery stick. Either way, the message was clear. Join this president at the adults' table. The White House apparently decided that watching the House Republicans fumble like a quarterback with butterfingers wasn't entertaining enough. So they released a memo that was less of a gentle invitation and more of a get-your-act-together-or-get-off-the-stage kind of statement. According to The Hill, the memo read, as President Biden acts to make America more secure, grow our economy for the middle class, and protect our freedoms, House Republicans are falling over one another to find out who can be the most erratic and out of step with the priorities of working families. In the spirit of being as welcoming as your mother-in-law at Thanksgiving, the memo also stated that the House GOP couldn't seem to stop backbiting and competition to out-extreme each other. It seemed the memo was issued in the same tone as a kindergarten teacher explaining to her class why finger-painting with glue isn't acceptable. White House Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates was pulling no punches either. He declared the House GOP was surfacing hard-leaning positions that the American people have solidly rejected again and again. Bates was referring to conspiracy theories about the 2020 election, radical abortion bans, and cuts to Medicare and Social Security. Ouch! Seems like the House Republicans are getting served some serious truth with a spoonful of sass on the side. Amidst all the drama, Judiciary Chairman Jordan decided to pass the buck, or rather the gavel, to Republican Patrick McHenry. Known as the understudy waiting in the wings, McHenry was appointed Speaker Pro Tempore under House rules by ousted Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So now, we're left biting our nails, anxiously awaiting the next episode of this DC reality show. One thing's for sure, it's safe to say that the kids' table isn't looking so bad after all. So, let's pop some popcorn, sit back, and watch House Republicans decide if they're ready to adult yet. Stay tuned. Pretty sure this will be outdated as we record this, so stay tuned for more on this evolving situation. It's not often we start a Monday with a compliment. But lo and behold, South Dakota's agro-industrialists aren't entirely hell-bent on laying waste to our eco-friendly escarpes. Show them a bit of that good old governmental intervention. A dash of green and a dollop of socialism, and they'll make us fourth in the nation in withdrawing environmentally delicate land from mass production. Now isn't that a kick in the prairie grass? Turns out the Conservation Reserve Program, or the charmingly acronymed CRP, has been doling out quite the greenbacks to our humble state. We've gleefully accepted a cool 129.5 million. Now, I know what you're thinking. We're only fourth? Yes, indeed. It seems that Iowa, 402.5 million, Illinois, 172.7 million, 
and Minnesota, 150.8 million, have beaten us to the environmentally conscious punch. But let's not lose sight of the CRP's good intentions. This program pays landowners to nurture and maintain grass, trees, and other vegetation types on their acres. Alongside creating a welcoming bed and breakfast for the local wildlife, this also helps prevent soil erosion and filters any runoff before it rudely barges into our waterways. And if that's not enough to sway you, the program is also helping on the climate change front. Normal farming activities can release unwanted carbon from plants and soil into the atmosphere, where it gleefully wraps itself around the earth like a snug, heat-trapping blanket. But hey, not with CRP on guard. Regular plant covers endorsed by CRP act like stalwart soil superheroes, yanking that dastardly carbon dioxide from the air and incarcerating it back in the dirt where it belongs. Now, the $129.5 million question. Can we persuade the USDA, or perhaps the GOED, to toss some dollar bills towards a local oat milk processing plant? That would certainly be a nod to water conservation and a middle finger to the greenhouse gas emissions from our beloved CAFOs. A quick detour to the Noam Arnold family's Rakota Valley Ranch. No, they didn't receive any CRP payments in 2020 and 2021. Instead, they were happily counting their considerable $390,000 in conservation payments they took from 2000 through 2019, a mere 8% of their $4.8 million in farm subsidies from 95 through 2021. Easy come, easy go, eh? So here's to South Dakota, fourth biggest recipient of CRP and making environmental strides one government intervention at a time. Who knew socialism could come wrapped in such a lovely shade of green? It's that time of year, folks. The day has finally arrived when the skies darken with descending hordes of blaze-orange vests and the resounding boom of shotgun fire fills the air. You guessed it. The pheasant season is here. And trust me, there's no place to experience this feathery siege quite like South Dakota, touted globally as the creme de la creme of ringneck hunting. The sporty spectacle kicks off this Saturday promising a carousel of excitement, camaraderie, and a non-stop chirp fest. Drawing in over 130,000 enthusiasts from near and far, our humble fields are transforming into a festive battlefield, where terms of engagement are dictated by a feisty bird that's remarkable for more than just its flashy feathers. According to South Dakota's game, Fish and Park Secretary, Kevin Robling, we are the pheasant capital of the world. He announced this with the air of a seasoned diplomat who has grown accustomed to wielding the power of an aviary superpower. The army of local and non-resident hunters is expected to surpass 55,000 and 80,000, respectively, setting the stage for some of the most riveting avian showdowns. In bird terms, it's a Hitchcockian nightmare, with over a million roosters predicted to swap their cozy residences for a more, well, let's just say they won't be around for Christmas. Nevertheless, every cloud has a silver lining. In this case, 
it's an orange one. The bird blitz-rattling South Dakota doesn't just usher in the avian apocalypse, but it also hatches a golden goose for the state's economy. With pheasant hunting pumping over 200 million into the retail sector and a further 111 million in salaries, it seems like a solid trade-off. No? But let's not forget the highlight of the season. The grand welcoming ceremony laid down by the folks at Sioux Falls. Picture this. A sea of eager hunters pouring into Sioux Falls Regional Airport, greeted by beaming host committees laden with swag, mugs, and a treasure trove of local information to boot. Talk about a warm welcome, and don't even get us started on Pierre, where the local Chamber of Commerce wastes no time in turning the town orange ahead of the feasant extravaganza. Miranda Panzer, the tourism director, described the excitement in town as huge. We couldn't agree more, Miranda. We know. We know. The harsh winter had everyone, including Roebling, biting their nails about the pheasant population. But the recent report from the resident-only hunting season has lifted spirits. Roebling assures us that the bird count is looking fantastic. So grab your hunting gear and stake a claim to your own piece of this pheasant pie in the part of the state where things are looking really good. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to call into the podcast, you can leave a voicemail at 605-937-8925. You can also send audio by direct message or record a message and send it to infosouthdakotatruth.com. Just remember, anything you say or think while calling will be recorded and may be played unedited on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the South Dakota Department of Propaganda podcast.